Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. And I'm Grace Duffy. And this is a show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media. Today we are joined by Doc Rock. And we're going to be talking about the power of building an online community around your business and organization. And we're going to explore why building an online community is the number one way to create a highly valuable brand loyalty with your customers. We're going to be sharing tips on building a community from zero, what what platforms to explore, and what hurdles to avoid. And also, we're going to go in-depth into fostering a meaningful, positive, and engaged group for everyone. Doc, thank you so much, my friend, for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, as, if you, as we say. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys don't know who Doc Rock is, he is a thinker, a creator, a maker, a YouTuber, a trainer, a speaker, a podcaster, moderator, designer, a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker. He does a whole bunch of things. He is amazing. Um, he is also the community manager at Ecamm. And most recently, Doc Rock founded the Let's Get Live community, which has helped provide a rapidly expanding platform for people to help one another learn and grow together. So this, so he knows community. So this is going to be so exciting. Make sure you ask your comments as we're going today, because this is going to be a jam-packed, filled show with so much information. So I'm excited for today. So today's topic is going to be on community. Doc, tell us about your community. Tell us about this Let's Get Live community. And is it open to anyone to join? How do we find it? Tell us all about it. Okay, so (laughs) my community is pretty funny. Um, Last year, when I first decided I was going to dive back into live streaming, have been live streaming for quite a while, like pretty much predate some of the most popular services. And I was like, you know, I guess the thing that everyone's doing is making Facebook groups. I kind of am not a super fan of Facebook and not for the same reasons most people would think. It was just, it's boring to me and (laughs) it's always, it's always kludgy. But I was like, you know, according to what I'm supposed to do, I need to make a Facebook group. So I made a Facebook group and I invited my lawyer Turns out he's one of my friends. <laughs> then, I know, right? I need better friends. And then, uh, like, a couple other people and my brother. So there's five of us in the community for about maybe four or five months, right? Just like whatever. Did it because you had to kind of thing. I was doing a live stream, and then a friend of ours, our mutual friend, Dinah Gladney, and my, oh, yeah. my buddy, India Delgado, they're on the stream, and they're like, hey, guys, I just found out that Doc had this Facebook page <laughs> that's supposed to be for the Let's Get Live community. And everybody's parking their bikes over there, so let's go. 
man, like two seconds later, I went from the five of us to like 300 of us. And now there's about 700 of us. And I was like, man, what the heck just happened? (laughs) So it was a complete accident. Although I should have done it on purpose earlier. I should have made it a thing to get people going earlier, but it was kind of funny. So I always tease Diana and India for snitching on my private boys clubhouse. (laughs) Doors got kicked in. The women run the show now. All of us men hide in the corner and just be like, yes, whatever you guys want. Yes. So, yeah, that's what happened. Oh, I love that story. I love that story because how many of us have just kind of stumbled into something awesome? We're going to jump into that later in the show. We're going to talk more in depth about that. But I love that because I kind of ruined Jeff's boys club by being. No, it was it wasn't so. a boys club at all. I mean, so I want to since we're talking about community, I want to give some shout outs to some of yeah. our community. We've got Sabrina, who is always here. Sabrina, thank you so much. She always started. Hi, it's me, Sabrina. Hi, Sabrina. It's me, Jeff. Um, we've got Joseph Morris in the house, and he says hi from uh, Philadelphia. And my friend Peg Fitzpatrick, who, uh, gosh, you talk about when Doc used talked about live streaming from the beginning. We used to live stream back in Google Plus when it first got started. The Wild West. Um, let's Google see. Plus. Yeah, Google Plus. <laughs> um, so, uh, Woodshop Maker, yeah, somebody watched, I think, my uh, my uh, carving class. And then Michelle uh, uh, Mitchell Dong uh, says, Aloha. He is another uh, Hawaii. No, that's not what he said, Jeff. He said, Aloha Kakahiaka. You'll see, I wasn't going to do that at all. So, I'm glad you did. <laughs> We don't oh, we don't wait. let Jeff say things. That's right. I will mispronounce everything. <laughs> You're lucky I got Doc right. I'm teasing. I live here, so of course I know how to say that. Right. <laughs> so Mitch is on a different island from me though, but we have the coconuts with the long string and I'm like, yo, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's an amazing YouTuber as well. So and somebody, I'm not sure who, but said happy five AM. Yeah, he did get up early for us. So give him some shout out there. Uh anyway. So yes, <laughs> Google Hangouts plus one. Yes, uh, Peg, we, we were doing it back in the day. So uh, speaking about community, before we get too far, I wanted to make sure you guys know about, and Doc's going to be there. I don't know how many you're doing, but it's the Leap Into Live Streaming Bootcamp. I know Doc beforehand was getting some stuff ready. Coming up September 13th through 16th, it is free for you guys to go to leapintolive.com and sign up there. There is, there is a paid option that has a lot of extra goodies, so I want you guys to make sure you guys check that out. But go to leapintolive.com. Look at all these people. we got Leslie Samuel, Stephanie Liu, uh, uh, Pat Flynn, my, that other hairy guy, Jeff's going to be there. So it's going to be amazing. This is just the tip of the iceberg. There's really a ton of great speakers. But, Doc, talk about this a little bit. I mean, you're behind the scenes. What's going on there? Oh, my goodness. Leap is amazing. Okay, so for me, last year, this was super funny. Last year, um, when I got into Ecamm, I was, like, doing what, you know, any good person who buys, you know, software as a service, what mm-hmm. do you do? He's like, I really like this. This is dope. Let me start combing AppSumo and the webs and all the places to see if there's any cool special discount codes. Something you just do. Right. <laughs> anyway, right. so I bumped into this web page called Leaped in the Live. And I was like, okay, this looks pretty cool. I was looking at people. I saw this lady, Stephanie, didn't know her from Steve yet. You know, saw a bunch of other friends that I knew. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go check out this conference, right? At the end of Leap, I was so blown away. I had learned so much. Again, I come from broadcast. I come from TV, you know, radio, nightclub DJ. So, like, I had all of the basic skills of how to turn on my camera and look cute, you know, talk (laughs) and not bore people. I had that part covered. But I knew nothing about, again, making the Facebook group, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, email marketing, chat. Kelly, what? 
oh, Kelly with the chat bot marketing thing oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, by the time I left Leap, yo, my head was well exploded. And I was like, I love this. This is it. I'm going to be stuck. So I made this crazy prediction in the Leap in the live streaming Facebook group last year. Next year, I'll be speaking at one of these things. <laughs> Who knew I'd end up working at Ecamm and then... <laughs> Um, being held hostage for a week. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Katie. <laughs> I'm joking. But yeah, it's crazy. So you can learn so much more than you think. It's not, no, my topics are on gear because I'm a nerd, but it's so much more than gear and lights and mics and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like running a dope show, unless you have a grace, requires a lot of things to know. And luckily, you don't know anything. So you got grace. So That's right. Grace is the one who does it all. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So make sure you guys go. I mean, seriously, this is just the tip. This is just not this. There's I don't know how many speakers there are, but there are a lot of great speakers on a, a lot of topics from podcasting to uh, how to use the script uh, to gear like Doc was saying. So make sure you guys go check that out at uh, leapintolive.com. Um, and you won't be sorry, really. I mean, I learn stuff every year just by, you know, sneaking around and watching all the stuff in the back end. So, well, yeah, very, very cool. even the cool part is hanging out in the Facebook group with a bunch of other people that are doing what you're doing like you just learn stuff and right. you know you're getting access to these fantastic creators who've been doing this for a minute some of them running highly successful business and everybody's so accessible i if i remember correctly last count is well over 30 speakers yeah there's wow. a lot so it's gonna be fun leap into live.com go check that out and uh yeah mitch says that's a good group watching over on youtube I don't know if this is the official, is this the official t hashtag, but it, whatever it is, it's cool. Get, let's get leaping. I, I like it, but I don't think it is, but <laughs> that's funny. Leap over there, leaping over to uh, the uh, leap into live.com and check it out. So yeah, everyone's amazed doc. You must be a, 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 a stay up late a lot. Cause they say, wow, he's up early. So people are amazed how early <laughs> you're up. <laughs> I, it seems like I stay up late to them because when, when I'm streaming into the Ecamm group at what is like one o'clock AM their time, it's only five something here. So oh, that's gotcha, why. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So <laughs> let's jump into this community because this is a big thing. Um, well, because we, we found all this, this information and a lot of um, reports have been done on community, but Grace, let's, let's go ahead and kick that off. Some of the stuff that you had like, cause you run the show. Like we, we've talked about this entire time. Yeah. Yes. Well, the topic of the day is how to build a highly valuable, highly valued brand loyalty with, building the sense of community. So this came out of an uh, uh, an article we saw on Entrepreneur Magazine. It was the five ways to build highly valuable brand loyalty and number one on that list of building that diehard fan base to help you elevate your brand was building an online community. They said that most sales occurring online today um, are online, of course, sorry. Right. And then it just <laughs> helps create that seamless bridge. So I got tongue tied there for a minute. And I got creates a seamless bridge. So having this community online creates a seamless bridge to buying things online. So before we get started, I want to set the groundwork here of Doc, what is your advice around companies looking to build this sense of community around a brand, much like you're doing over that ecam much like i'm trying to do over here on restream and how do we get started and what what do we need to do to create a successful engaged meaningful community for our fans and friends and as you mentioned your lawyer <laughs> <laughs> okay so it it turns out that um we humans by nature are just communal anyway right we're extremely tribal as you know things like that so one of the advantages of having a community is it gives 
you a chance to, okay, like say, depending on the type of company that you are, you let the people in and you let them feel like they are part of the company as well. You're not really hiring a bunch of employees, but you kind of sort of are because if your community is thriving, it's moving, it's engaging and, and people are enjoying each other, having good good time. That's where they want to be. Right. So when people feel for you like that, what do they do more than anything else? They want to tell everybody why you, too, should become a member of this community. And it's funny because people get twisted, bent out of shape, upside down and backwards over these things. And when they say, well, I don't really understand this community thing. Like, what do you do? And I'm like, OK, I'm going to give you two right off the top of the bat. And well, actually three. I'm a card carrier member of the Red Sox Nation. We don't play. <laughs> I am a card carrier member of Raider Nation. We are the world's famous, largest like fan base ever. We are number one. Sorry, 12th man in Seattle. Sorry, cowgirls, whatever. <laughs> and I am a card carrier member of Manchester United Army. We are global. Why do you understand that? But you don't understand making a community for your brand. I just named you three top global brands that have massive communities that when we see each other in the street, we give each other a nod. It's no different than that. It really is no different than that. That's a, that's a good point. So it's interesting because I five, five years ago bought a Jeep. And there's a whole community around a Jeep. And there's a thing called a Jeep wave. Like, because I used to ride motorcycles and there's always the, you know, the the wave that motorcycles when they would pass. And I did not know there was the Jeep wave. And I'm like, why are people, why are these people waving at me? And it's a built-in community that like, these are rabid fans of Jeeps. Uh, doesn't matter how old it is, how new it is, what it is. It's the Jeep wave. And if you don't do the Jeep yep, wave, the you're Jeep a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, people get, literally get mad at you if you don't do it. Yeah. And it is, it is 100% true. It is one of those things, right? And then, so we've built these things around myriad, myriad products that we have in our own homes. You create that level of advocacy and that level of fandom around your product, you instantly win. They will help you grow your product. I mean, that's that's Seth Godin 101, you know, right, right. building your building your advocates. Right. So I Ecam, I don't know if this was you, but I don't think so because I didn't see you typing. So true, Jeep waves for the win. Uh yes, Ecam live. It's very that's true. I love Jeep. I love my Jeep. I will never not have a Jeep from, from now. Um so one of the questions I know we wanted to you, you talked about this this your group came very, very organic. It was like five people and then people- No, I got the door kicked in, let's be honest. People gave away your secret and also jumped in. So, um, and I would consider that a successful group because people wanted to be a part of it. So what do you need to create a successful Jeep? You don't have a big, let's say you don't have a big brand like Jeep. You're just like, you know, I have this really cool company. I do this really cool service. What does it take to create a successful uh, engaged group? Okay, so one thing that you're doing that a lot of companies aren't doing right now is you're, you're being live. And, and I don't say that flippantly. Um, yes, I work for Ecamm, and, and yes, Grace works at Restream, and yes, we want you to go live. No, it's more than just that. The advantage of going live is you get real-time communication with your people, right? You give them an opportunity to meet members of your, say, your company, even if it's only a one-person show, and they get to know who the person is behind the brand, right? You're not just a logo. You're not just a name. You're not just a business card. You're able to engage with them on a regular basis, right? So for me, I was doing my live streams and I became known as a person 
who not only knew all of this nerd stuff, couldn't wait to tell you how to be a nerd too, right? So I was known for sharing everything I knew about new users to the Mac, about live streaming, about cameras, lights, mics, whatever, helping you solve problems, right? My buddy Tom Buck was well known for uh, Roadcaster Pro. When Roadcaster Pro came out, he had like some of the best videos. Everybody was getting into live last year. Everybody was wanting, you know, buttons that they could press and to do cool stuff or record podcasts like you're doing now. And it became a known quantity to go to Tom's page and then see what he was doing. So for him, I was like, bro, your channel's big. Everybody knows who you are. But you know what would be dope is if you were like live streaming around this stuff. And he goes, yeah, we just started this live stream for our podcast. And so we all started hanging out there. And it just becomes a thing. So live can really help you because it allows you a chance to have real-time communication with the people who really do like your brand. And even those who are on the fence, new customers will come to a live and get answers to questions right away, not through email. And it's like being in the store. So at a situation where stores are harder to go to, maybe <laughs> this is it. This yeah, is yeah. literally the best way to do it. Yeah. So it's, it, it's interesting you say that because we are going also going live over on Amazon Live with this show. And it's amazing just the, the amount of people over there. And, we're, you know, when you talk about gear and building a community over there. And we talked about this with Dealcaster. So if you missed that episode, go back and find uh, Chris and Jim. Those, Those are amazing. Massive. But, but the way that um, he explained it, that there's no other place. It's a big mall. And you're, like, doing a yeah. demo in the mall. Remember that? Remember when we, does anybody remember, like, the ShamWow in the mall? I do. I'm old. Oh, so, God. But, but it's the same thing. You're doing demos in the mall and, and live video, you know, hit so many, so many of those, those buttons that you just talked about. It's like, and it's a global audience. That's what people don't understand with the business. You're not, I'm in Longview, Texas, and I can yeah. reach all these people. My wife doesn't know what I do really understand it, but I can reach all these people and, and have a business by going live. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, I just, I'm very sold on live video for community. So I'm sorry, Grace, you were going to say something and I cut you off again. But sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna I was gonna ask Doc. This is a I'm dying to ask you this. What excuse me, what do you think it takes? Excuse me. What do you think it takes to be a successful community manager? What skills, what knowledge, and how do you go by how go about accessing this? Because I see a lot of job postings there for community manager, and I think for a lot of people, what does that even mean to anyone outside of like our world? If if you were a natural, I want to change the terminology for this particular one because I think it does require a little bit of both. If you're a natural ambivert, you are perfect for <laughs> community manager. And what I mean that sometimes the fully, fully extrovert people might be a little bit over, I, I can't believe I'm going to pot kettle this, might be a little <laughs> bit over the top for the people that, you know, t- a little bit more subtle, more subdued, right? If you're an introvert, you're going to have a hard time because you're busy trying to hold things to the vest, whatever, you know. So the advantage of being an ambivert is you can adjust accordingly to who you're talking to. So that way you can speak the language that they speak. The advantage of being ambivert is I could take the person who I know is like you're kind of almost there. I could pull you out of the shadow and be like, come on, come on. We're going to be out here and play. Come on. I'll hold your hand. <laughs> and then you, you'll get them with you. And then you could take the extroverts who are like jumping up and down screaming and be like, yo, calm down, fam. Let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> and then you get everybody sort of working in the same thing. So we become balancers, if you will. 
right? And I think that does help out an absolute lot. If you're a natural people person, if you're curious, if you're just bone rock solid curious, where you can actually take a curious interest in what your community members are doing and conversate with them on a level where you want to know more about what they're doing, they will automatically be like, no one from a company like such has ever came to me like that and was caring about what I was doing. They just wanted to make sure that my software experience was okay. We don't want that. We have, we, Ecamm fam is not a name that we just made. Well, we did just make it up, but I mean, right. it, it is real. That is the real like corporate culture as hard, weird to say corporate culture when there's only nine of us, but I'm just using words people understand. Um, <laughs> it is, yeah, it is, it is a real thing, right? We are very much Ecamm fam and, and, our guys are starting to go out and find ways to meet each other in, in meet space. Mm. That don't happen a lot. You know, that's not a thing, right? When I was working at Apple, that was a thing. We had Mac users groups, you know, and everybody would get together and, you know, we were the odd men out at one point. So we would, you know, circle around and build whole entire communities around it. When the iPad and the iPhone first came out, we had users group. Now, not so much because, well, everybody has one. So, right. I think that's the thing, especially when you're small, you should be doing it right away. Mm-hmm. You only need a, you only need a hundred. If you get a hundred solid people in your community, you have 10 X your, your whole entire marketing just yeah. by having them. Yeah. So I wanted to bring up some comments. Um, <laughs> Sabrina goes, I brought, I bought a sham wow from my demo in Kmart. So see, it works. And then she also says, exactly, exactly, Doc. I'm a community manager and I'm amazing. There, I said it. I am a balancer. I know you're amazing, Sabrina. So, yeah, way to go. So, I, it's very interesting. So, I want to talk about, so we've talked about, you know, the importance of community and you, yours happened organically and it's a great way to connect and we, you only need 100 people. But here's the question I know a lot of people ask. Okay, how do you monetize a group or do you need to? Like, I don't you- know if you need to, okay. but it's kind of automatic. Okay, here's the funny thing. Um, one thing that I will say that's cool about being a community manager, if it's something that you feel you're into and you want, and you want to possibly, say, get a career in community management, I just realized I should make a group for community managers so Sabrina and I can get together with, <laughs> right. like, Patty and talk smack with people. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, Patty, that's, that's my homie. Manchester United, that's why. Um, I had the the advantage i know katie's laughing at my corporate culture comment i had the advantage of having my community happen first and from building a community and you know having i guess the folks from ecamm in my community and watching me grow that and then seeing how i responded to the ecamm community just always being helpful being there answering questions and um you know trying to support the community things like that um that turned into, hey, why don't you come and just run the communities for us so we can focus on making the software cooler? Dope. You know, so that happens. That's one way to monetize, believe it or not. You can mm-hmm. get hired by somebody. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, my community members, I was doing a one-on-one coaching call with um, one of the buddies in my group, uh, DJ Strake, also speaking at live. And he was like, dude, you need to set up your, um, your Patreon or buy me a coffee page or something. And you need to do it in like the next 24 hours. And I'm like, why? And he goes, because you're giving all this value and people want to find a way to give back. And it just, we feel bad. Like we're just always taking stuff. So you have to do this. And I was like, I don't really want to, you know, I don't want to be one of those, you know. um, Right. 
Hustlers. Coaches. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was trying to say that. I was going to say another <laughs> word and I had to... I had to be nice because Grace is here and I don't get yeah. hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, you know, I just don't want to be one of those guys out there, you know, like, oh, well, I'll tell you this, but it's in my course. And I'm like, yeah, that's not, no. Like, right. I'm going to tell you live anyway, even if it is in my course, because um, the course is there just so you can get it at one time. But I'm not going to hold back information behind some kind of paywall. I just, I don't really like that because I can go look for everything in your course online myself and get it. There's nothing that you have in your course that I don't already know. And that's 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 for almost anybody, unless you're teaching neurosurgery um, and you're not Christopher Dunch. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's out there. So don't hide behind that. Like I was putting it all out there. I was giving it all away. They made me. So that's how you monetize. Start by giving value first mm-hmm. and keep giving value until they ask you. You don't have to go out of the gate and do it right away. Now, mm-hmm. buy me a coffee does make it simple for you to have like simple donations and tips kind of thing. You can just make a PayPal thing for tips um, and then they'll come automatically if you're giving good value, you know. But if you go out there and be like, hey, buy my stuff, you know, and make a song out of it. No, mm-hmm. no one's going to buy that. It just doesn't work. And then you'll be walking around complaining like, you know, Kajabi is horrible. I didn't sell any courses, blah, blah, blah. And it's like because you didn't give value first. You know, I think a lot of people are scared of giving value, like when firstly when they're starting out, because they're like, I remember when I first started, I was like, I was worried about the competitors were going to take it or I wouldn't look as good. And, you know, that whole thing. But one of the things that Jay Bear said, just because somebody has the ingredients, it doesn't make them a chef. And I thought oh. that was really good because... To be honest, anything that I've ever sold before, you could probably find in one of my podcasts or in my, you know, one of my lives or anything like that. But people will pay for to have that packaged up and together. And so there's nothing wrong with that. It's but I totally agree with what you're saying is that it's not you don't come out selling because people are tired of that. I mean, I think they really, really are. I love the people that hold it hidden. Um, Sorry, I love the people that hold it hidden because the more they hold it hidden, the better it is for those of us who put it out there straight up. Because it already exists. And again, people are like, oh, so my competition. Your competition already knows what you're doing. You're, you don't have, no one has any secret sauce anymore. We've been around for a long time. Everything is out there. So even when you found it, you probably found it online, hidden somewhere, and then turned around and tried to sell it, you know, out in the open. I mean, trust me, unless you literally just made up something, which right now, nothing new under the sun that I've seen, you know, right. so even half the inventions you see on Anseed on TV and stuff like that is bought at a trade show in China called the Mega Show or the Canton Fair. So even the cool inventions you see on the infomercials, say they bought it from somebody at a factory and just got an exclusive rights to sell it. <laughs> Listen, be and plus, if you find a neurosurgeon and he's teaching it on a live show, it's probably not the best <laughs> neurosurgeon. I'm just guessing. <laughs> just guessing. Um, I would kind of steer clear important health safety tip there just for free. See, I'm always giving information. So always Grace, giving value, yes, always yes. giving value. That's right. So, okay. I'm going to build on that question and I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here. So, you know, there's private groups and there's public groups. And sometimes I find private groups tend to be more productive if there's some kind of level of barrier of entry, right? I know we're not yes. really into the Facebook groups, but like those questionnaires, right? Like, do you promise to follow these rules? There's some barrier there. So do you think that, do you favor more private groups versus something that's public and open and kind of a little bit out of control? Or do you think it's better to have that public group and just putting it all out there, as you're saying, and not creating barriers for people? 
I created it public at first. I immediately switched it to private because it's safer for my users, period. Right. It wasn't about me. I could care less, right? It was for them, right? Um, you know, there's just weird people that come into groups. They wreak havoc. You know, I have people from all over the world. I want to make sure that everyone is safe. I'm not worried about someone running up, you know, on me and doing something or whatever like that, right? I'm I'm ex-soldier. I'm six foot 250, highly skilled and, you know, run up, get done up kind of person. So... I was like, I wanted to make them protected. Right. So I think that's important, but also agree with you. Here's the thing when that little bit of barrier is there and people are willing to fill out that information, you are setting a tone for you're going to come in and be communal. Right. Mm -hmm. I think one thing that goes wrong with communities, and this is a lot to do with community managers. If you don't give people a chance to be active and be communal, you will get just only self-promotion you will get people that come in and don't really say anything they're just sitting around and be wallflowers so the key you mentioned way back in the beginning is it does have to be engaging you can't just build a group i, I have been in groups where there's literally a hundred thousand people in there and i get more activity in my tiny little group than in a group with over a hundred thousand people in it why because no one's there making the environment like that you've been to large parties where no one's moving and then you've been to small little shindigs and you know there's sawdust in the ground boots all up stetson's crooked everybody's sweating beer in hand everyone's having a good time so just because the community is large doesn't make it engaging you have to actually do some stuff and i think the advantage of that private bit is people have already proven that they're willing to come in and and be nice you just described my backyard tonight, so with my Stetson hat and, you know, beer in hand. Dude, I, miss, <laughs> I miss them kicks, bro. <laughs> so, uh, so that brings up a question, uh, kind of a follow-up one. And the reason I haven't started a group, because I've had people ask before, or a community or whatever, is like the time involved. That's what scares me, you know. And I because I, I love doing lives, I love talking to people, but I'm like, how much hands-on am I going to have to do? Now, I've been in groups and communities where they're almost self-regulating. They do a really good job policing themselves. If there's inappropriate stuff, they jump on those people and take care of it. But how do you balance the time that you're spending in the group from actually getting work done that you need to get done? I mean, I know you're getting paid to be in that group, but I'm, you know, if you weren't, well, I guess this is your own group, so it doesn't matter. But how do you balance time, I guess, is the question. Um, you know, everyone's always talking about this, how to balance time thing. And I quite don't understand it. And I, again, <laughs> Hey, your mileage may vary. I don't understand how everyone has such a hard time doing something that they absolutely love. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if, again, if your goal is, I just want to open this so I can make money. You're done. Sorry. You might as well, you know, keep watching and hopefully have us beat you out of that. But no, <laughs> that doesn't work. Okay. It just doesn't work. It's never worked. It's never going to work. It's not a thing. Right. The people that have got it to work is extremely short lived. And then within no time, it's over. So don't do that. Like you, you have to come in and give value. So here's the advantage. If you're coming in, you're giving value, you're doing your thing. There will be automatic people that stand up that you see right away and you go, what? This person can help me because they actually are like little minimies, not to be, you know, stealing a terminology, <laughs> but put them as moderator right away, right? And I think a lot of the guys, again, because people be busy squeezing, holding on to their secret stuff, they don't uh, generate moderators. Moderators change the game. They handle it. They do a lot of that heavy lifting for you, 
right? Then that gives you the time to come up with things and activities and things that your group can do in order to help it remain more engaged. And so you should pick a moderator right away. When I'm coaching my live streaming people, I'm like, how many people come to your lives right now? And they're like, oh, right now I'm brand new about five. I'm like, cool. Do you have a moderator? And they're like, no, there's only five of us. I'm like, somebody in that five is already shiny. Oh, yeah. Wrench them. Wrench them from day one. You got to build your moderators right away because they will help you and and get a kick out of helping you and sometimes run their own stuff. I did not, when I created the Vlogmas um, challenge, you know, last year for my community, I didn't invent Vlogmas, but you know what I mean? Started right, to do right. it for my group. It was Limwell, uh, DJ Strick, and one of the other people that said, hey, you know what? Let's just have everybody come in at a certain time and start showing their videos and we'll, we'll do Siskel and Ebert on everyone's videos. I wasn't even there. I, pu I pull up the group. What the heck are these guys doing? And it was like everyone was enjoying it, having a good time, cracking jokes with each other, teasing people for the way they look cross-eyed on camera. And <laughs> it grew. It became a nightly thing. So during the challenges, they were doing a nightly critique session, and everybody could not wait for the critique session. And I was like, I didn't even do that. They did that. And I was like, I should have done that. I was like, yeah, that was my idea. <laughs> you know, so it's uh they, they will really help you. I mean, I can't explain it anymore. And again, you you set the tone in the culture for your group. So I'm reading a comment from Dustin here to say he had a group of over a thousand active members and monetization is not automatic. And that's because the tone wasn't set. You you set the tone. There's I can probably help you. <laughs> There's something going on in your group that's not automatically activating that. And it might be the, the group culture and it, it might be hard to shift the group culture if it's already set up as a freebie take, take, take situation. But that doesn't happen in my community. Like they all support each other. They all buy each other stuff. You know, like, yeah, it's kind of hard. To, it's kind of hard to explain, I guess. Interesting. So I want to I want to bring up uh, some uh, uh, Ian says, I'm with you, Jeff. The time is scary. I think I'm a community manager is what I'm going to do. So he's going to take it to the next level. And he goes, I love communities, but I think it's easy to feel overwhelmed till they get that. And I don't use that word. And you know that about me. I don't allow anyone in my group to use that word because that word is controlling. And, and I, I mean, do you know, I love you. What You're word? My, my what homie. word? Oh, never use the old word. I never, I don't even say it myself. I don't allow my friends to say that. You know why? Uh, because we've been trained to absorb that word and use it for anything that has the slightest a bit of difficulty. Right. Uh, I live in an island, right? On the big island where Mitch lives, when a volcano erupted for 180 days and was burning down half the island and taking out people's home, overwhelming. A lot of work to do for your community, you don't get to put those in the same sentence. So I don't let people use that word because we attach it to things that are slightly challenging, but it's not a tsunami in Japan or earthquake in Haiti or a global, you know, sneeze fest for a year and a half. Those right. are overwhelming, right? right? You don't get to use that for something as simple as I got a lot of stuff to do. I take that away from my people. So it's perspective is what you're saying. Yeah, it's perspective. Yeah. It's perspective. And yes, it is a lot of stuff. Again, I get it, but it can all be managed. And I guess the key element of it is like, I know systems and time management and all stuff does become a thing. Like, I don't get it twisted. That is definitely a challenging part of this situation. But the more people you let help you, and this is hard for us control freaks. It's hard for us, you know, recovering perfectionists, letting other people in so that they can help you 
it will honestly make your life so much better. Notorious IAG, get your community manager ASAP. That's a great point. That's that's worth the price of admission today, folks. So, uh, and on that same thing, um, I work for a, uh, it says I work for a company as a social media manager. I have a set schedule. I work during the day to build relationships, to be there for our followers and customers. Then I pop in from time to time in the afternoon and evenings. I've been doing this for years and being consistent with being there, no matter how much time each day. It helps build these relationships. It works. That's awesome. It's yep. it's doing things that don't scale. I've heard that before. I think that's a a, a great. Uh, thing too because some of the you know relationships you can't scale relationships honestly mm-hmm. i mean you can't i mean you have to put the time in so um let's see. so here's another good question so you know companies are taking a risk when they spend so much time building and nurturing these communities uh especially like on a third-party site like facebook or um some of the other where's that, like youtube even the youtube communities you know at any moment these things can go away so do you have a backup plan for your communities? Like if you lose like access to your Facebook group or they start throwing so many ads on there, it's just, it, it breaks everything. Um, what do you think is, what is your plan for a backup? It's funny because I am the backup person. <laughs> I, like, I believe in backups <laughs> everywhere. I have my computers. I could throw this entire set of stuff in the trash, go buy new computers and be back up and running in three hours tops because everything is perfectly backed up. But yeah, Facebook is where it is because everybody likes that. We've tried things like Circle. Um, uh, Heather and Tom, my buddies right now, are doing Mighty Networks, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, there's Discord, which is great. But again, any of these things can go away. You know, I'm not worried, though. Here's why. Sister Act 2. <laughs> okay. Because I've, okay. Given up, okay. I've given up so much value to my community. I value them so much. I go to their things. I support them as well. If we all had to go left, I am highly conscious that at least 80% of my crew will come left with me. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's a thing. You know, it's it's, it's kind of hard to understand if you're not this type of person, but I'm a died-in-the-wool Cristiano Ronaldo fan, right? I have forever, forever Man United. When he went to go to Real Madrid, I had to temporarily become also a Real Madrid fan. I had to temporarily become a Juventus fan and thank goodness CR7 is home because now I don't have to watch that crap no more. Welcome home, Chris. You know, <laughs> when when you love your people like you love your people and they love you like they love you, they'll follow you. So if they're not going to go with you because you're not building brand loyalty, uh, then that's you. That's not Facebook's right. problem or Mighty Networks or Circle or whatever. That's you. So if you build your community right, and when they're all tight with each other like that, they will go where you go. So interesting. So <laughs> Mitch goes, Doc is preaching. <laughs> preaching, Doc. Yes. Like yes. <laughs> and uh, Ian says, I've scaled my relationship with Jeff. Oh, there's still mountains you haven't climbed. And so, you know, so take it offline. That's right. So, but I I want to bring a point because, because Dustin and Peg are saying hi to each other in the chat. And to be honest, uh, we were all on Google Plus first. That right there. Yeah. That right there, Jeff. You see them? They talk to each other. Yeah. We, I say this on my live every week. The most warming thing to my chili is watching my community love on each other. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That to me is dope. I actually 
Loki, I got a couple out of my community, and we're all like, "Hey, me and Diana are like, hey, when's going to be the first community baby? Who you got? Who you got bets on? <laughs> like, that's a, to me, that's yeah. dope. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's dope. Like, we built an actual relationship. They're called relationships, not relation boats. <laughs> that's, that's a tweetable. So, because I was bringing up Dustin, and, and because we were all on Google Plus, and then that kind of, I mean, there was a great migration Oof. that we kind of went to Facebook, and. They blew, you know, Google Plus blew it. And Dustin said he had, you know, that's where his community was. It was all on Google Plus. He had, there was huge circles that Peg had, had him too. But even Grace and I, we were actually, we were on a different show. And we started this one. And people came over here. So, I mean, I think your point is very, very valid. Like, yeah, you kind of have to think ahead a little bit. Maybe look at Mighty Networks if something would happen that you could move. But... Don't freak out that if you're providing value and doing what Doc has been saying and, you know, building these relationships and helping people out, they're going to follow you wherever you land. So I think that's, that's man, that Google plus thing was, was brutal. I worked at the time I was working for a TUAW is AOL, basically the unofficial Apple weblog old school Mac users will recognize. And we had a massive community and yeah, they just said, Hey, don't, we're done with this. We're like, what, what? Oh my goodness. What are we going to do? So that's how we ended up doing more live streams and stuff on Ustream and Justin TV. Cause uh, you know, Google plus blew up and then it became a YouTube thing. We were doing YouTube for a little while. And then AOL says, Oh, we want you guys all working in gadget. And we was like, Oh, um, bad word that. And we, we separated, but yeah, yeah, they wanted us to all go working in gadget around a bunch of PC people. Grace. Yeah. Grace. It's funny. Cause I mean, and see, I, I, we go back to we're going live the live video thing, but Google, they, I mean, Hangouts, that was that was the Wild West. They had it before oh, Facebook did. They they could have killed ruined it. it. Yeah, they ruined it. Anyway, yeah, all right, and that's Grace, what happens when you're doing too many things and not you know picking the ones that will actually work for you. Google is proof, right? They were doing too many things. Had they noticed what they had and focused on it, we wouldn't even be here right now. Um, right. You know, they would have the one two punch with YouTube and Hangouts. Yeah. So you got a question, well, Grace? I also want, well, I also want to bring up that like you were talking about like you're not worried because people are going to find you. I also want to note that Doc Rock is very accessible online. Like yes. I, I turn on my computer and there he is, right? He's interviewing this person. He's on this show. He's on this live stream, right? I, I love it. Like I love me some Doc Rock, right? So you're very accessible, but to balance that, like that means you're also having to be everywhere, right? So how do you balance those two things? Because I know that's a question we get a lot on the show about you know you're on instagram you're over here on this group or whatever and so being accessible means being all these places how do you manage that okay so here's what's funny again time management is funny as it is but i guarantee you i can take almost any person there's a couple people i will fail at this stephanie lou but for most people (laughs) i can take any person and let me watch you for two days i will find you two three hours where you're just um, I can't say these words where you're um, uh, not doing anything off. <laughs> so right. once I find out where you're not doing anything off, I can tell you like, yeah, how about you say you want this? Your lips are saying you want this. Your action does not prove you want this. So okay. if you were, I, I brought this up to somebody yesterday. And again, I can't stand this person, but I'll say his name because it's easy for people to understand. 21 years in the NFL, right? Over 25,000 completed passes. And you know what Tom did yesterday? He went to practice. 
There's people that want to build communities. There's people that want to build live shows and they don't want to practice. They just want to hit a switch. And all of a sudden I got all of these, you know, followers is the, is the most term now instead of subscribers. And it doesn't work like that. You have to actually put in the time. There is no substitute for actually putting in the time. So if you have to balance it because you need time to watch Law and Order season 25, <laughs> yeah. No, man. No. Yeah. The dung that right out of there. You don't need to watch that anymore. You've watched 25 seasons. Olivia's still over the top. Like, you know, Ice T still cool as, you know, get Finn be doing his thing. But you don't got to watch it anymore. All the plot lines, you know exactly what it is. You know who did what in three minutes. So right. don't watch right. that. Take that hour and go to your community. Right. I have discovered what I find myself watching the most is my community member shows showing up in their shows when Alicio pops on show up in his comment and, and just, yo, you're real quick. <laughs> you know, when, when you guys are on and I have my insomnia kicking in and you guys are on at 4.00 AM or whatever my time, I'll just come in. Hey Jeff. Hey Grace. And then I'll run away. <laughs> right. You know, but, but it's, <laughs> that's more intriguing to me, you know, bothering the notorious IAG who didn't even know what that reference meant when I first told it to him. Um, to bother him in his, you know, restream show to, to hang out with Owen in the chat. If you know, that's more fun to me than mm -hmm. watching law and order. Like yeah. that stuff's over for me. I, the only thing I spend any time watching on TV right now is football round and football long. And now for the NFL, as much as it pains me, I'll wait till it's over and I'll speed through it <laughs> because it's, if you watch both, you realize football round is fast. It's just no commercials, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Football oblong. Every five seconds. Oh, he his hat's crooked. We got to fix his helmet. We'll go to commercial. <laughs> that's oh, true. That's true. Uh, Jeff yeah. needs to tie his shoes. We'll be right back after. Uh, after right. The, and I'm like, I'm over it. I'm over it. Like, I'll watch it on NFL replay. You know how you can do the, the 20 right, right. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll pay them 150 bucks a year to watch an entire game in 20 minutes because it's the same thing. Unless yeah. I'm standing in the stadium, you know, in my Darth Vader outfit. I'm gonna just watch it on 20 minutes. I, I it's it's funny. I watch some of the commercials just because I want to get some ideas for visual graphics and stuff. But it's funny. Um, you said about popping into um, people's live streams. I'll actually go like when Ian's on and I can't watch the whole thing. I'll leave it on and mute it because I want him to get the watch time. I mean, that's how you know. I, that's you know what community. I mean? Yeah, you want you know to I mean? support that is them. community. Yeah, you know, and and I tell people this all the time. They go, "Why do you stream in 4K? Nobody watches on their TV." I'm like, "Yo." I have a 65 in Sony. It is always on somebody's live stream and I have it playing in the background while I'm doing things in the house. When I get the honeydew list, I, that's when I'm watching all these streams as well. And if you say something, I'll run over real quick, grab my phone, tap, 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 put it <laughs> right. down and then go back with the vacuum cleaner. And she's like, why'd you turn the vacuum cleaner off? Sorry, dear. And then <laughs> <laughs> get back to work. Yeah. All right, Grace, you added us some other questions. So, sorry. Yeah, so let's talk about the strategies for drawing new people in your community, brand new people. How do you create awareness and incentives for people to join? Not all of us have a Diana Gladney or we have a Diana Gladney in the making. We just haven't found them yet. And I guess a lot of questions, <laughs> the big question we have is how do we have, how do you start a community from zero? Honestly, the best way to start it from zero is just start it, right? And here's the funny thing. This cracks me up. And again, I say things that are super plain, but it just messes with people's head. Um, yep. When 
the Davis family decided to build the, at that time, Oakland Raiders. How many fans did they have? You, I guess. You? <laughs> they had none. Yeah. They had none. Everybody starts from zero. Why do people keep saying that? How do you start from zero? It always starts from zero. Unless you know something, I don't know, mathematically, it always starts from zero. So one, remember Fabergé? Tell two friends, yes. and then they get two friends. And it's compounding interest. It's just called a compounding community. So it always starts from one. But for some reason, social media has got people thinking that, you know, um, Carly, Cali, whatever them gender kid name is, she woke up and all of a sudden had 15 million followers. She started with one follower. It was actually she started with five her sisters. But initially <laughs> there was just the five of them. Like, I don't know why everyone makes that complicated. So. When you get that one, love on that one. That one will feel loved, accepted, welcomed, will go get you a next while you go get a next one. So you get your second one, that person then got two more, and now there's a total of five of you. And then you guys, you know, together having a good time or whatever, everything that's good. You have never gone to a restaurant, Grace, and had like the greatest avocado smoothie and not gone to another person. Oh, girl, listen. Have you seen the avocado smoothies over at this place? Oh, what? Avocado smoothie? Actually, they put rum in it. Oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> you know, it's avocado smoothie with Bacardi. Oh, now we just made it a thing. So every restaurant in your neighborhood started out with, like, their family members eating there. And then people start telling people, telling people. And now there's a line. And you get to cut to the line because you've been there from day one, maybe. But it always happens this way. Right. Even here in a small, tiny island, what we call coconut wireless, that's how everything is done. We either make or break businesses because we have always been social media before computers ever existed. If you got a flat, you would put Jeff, yo, man, I got a flat. Who do you go to? I know nothing about tires. Who do you go to when you get a flat? And I kind of got to get this done. And Jeff would be like, you know what? Call my friend Peg. Fitzpatrick tires is off the chain. They're very, very <laughs> warm. They'll make you a cup of coffee. They got magazines, the whole nine yards. It'll take you like 15, 20 minutes. But while you're there, they'll treat you like kinfolk. And you'll be like, boom, I'm good. Fitzpatrick tires. Yeah, uh, my friend Jeff. Oh, Jeff, man, that's my cousin. Okay. We've been doing that before computers were ever existed. So mm -hmm. that's it now. If your product is good, people will come. If your product is not, focus on product first. I don't care what your product is. Make sure your product can stand what whatever it is that you're doing. Gotcha. So I wanted to talk as we wrap up. Man, this has been a fascinating conversation. So, yeah. So Sabrina goes, Peg has a tire store. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now she's going to get calls for all these people with flats, who have flats. Um, Fitzpatrick tire. But she'll take care of you. Um, but so Facebook partnered with this uh, governance lad at, at NYU and they to study the importance of online communities. And it was, they surveyed about a thousand people in 15 different countries and they asked what the most important group they belong to, you know, operates, if it was going to be online or offline or in both. And 11 out of 15 countries, the largest proponents of those respondents reported that their most important group as primarily online. So we've been talking about this all 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 day today and in three of those countries out the proportion was like 50 percent of more respondents had that so it was it's really people are finding community you know back in the day when i would tell people that yeah i got and i had a meeting with all these people and it was great and then we went to a conference and it was like we you know just continued the conversation that couldn't wrap their minds around that the thing with this pandemic and us being at home and everybody being forced 
to be on Zoom, people are used to this now. And I think that that can help. You know, there's been some questions like, how do you, you know, find your first community? Is who do you gravitating with right now, or where do you see a need is? And I think that's really important um, when we've been talking about all this today. So I want to ask you, Doc, we've talked about, you know, don't sell, you know, provide value, which is kind of the standard things. But what have you seen in communities? You don't have to name any of them by name because we don't want to get in trouble. But what do you see of the, the biggest mistake people are, what are they doing wrong when you see people starting to do a community? You know, Jeff is so smart. You, <laughs> Jeff is so smart. He knows me. So he's like, Doc, don't you dare. Don't, don't <laughs> you know tell. me. I'll call, yeah, I'll they call, maybe. I'll, yeah. call, I'll call him out. Um, honestly, I think the biggest thing is thinking that they're your community. And I mean that in a way of, I say my community because it's conversational. It's the way you say it, but I don't consider it my It's their community. I just happen to work there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So even for LGL, it's their community. I just happen to work there. I'm the admin of the LGL community. It's their community, right? It's for them. Like, I'm just there, right? So I think a lot of times they're either extremely heavy-handed or they're not, you know, creating a place for people to feel like they can say things or do things or whatever. Like I love it when somebody in our community is having a birthday and we get a DM group and it says, Hey, you know, it's so-and-so's birthday. Can you guys send over uh, you know, little video, 60 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever, just to tell them happy birthday. We're going to put together a montage. And these guys are doing this kind of stuff by themselves. You know what I mean? And mm. you, when uh, one of my buddies, Keely, when she got an, a uh, milestone for her umpiring, she's a professional field hockey umpire, and everybody put together and made a congratulatory video for her, uh, things like that. I think what happens is a lot of commun- a lot of bigger communities or even smaller communities will kind of kibosh this thing. They don't really let the conversation flows. Uh, over-moderating, over-moderating can be a thing. It's better to coach the person correctly how you want it to handle it. If they don't like it, then kick them out. But just being heavy-handed, like, oh, we have a no-mistake policy. And I'm like, oh, no, that's a little heavy-handed. The person didn't know. It was purely an accident. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you weren't clear enough on your intro information when they came in. When, you, when the person came in, you didn't reach out to them and say, hey, welcome to the thing. Everybody say hello, you know, to Davey. And then Davey's like, okay, hey, uh, okay, wow, everybody's nice over here. You know, you're not welcoming in. You're not building a culture. It is what it is. You have to build a culture. It sounds oversimplified, but it is literally that simple. If the culture is straight, then you'll be fine. If the culture is not straight, then you got problems. Gotcha. And you got to do that while you only have five or 10. If you start with five or 10 and you already have a solid culture, you know where you're going, right? If you immediately overseason your steak, your steak is jacked. You can't <laughs> fix that. That's <laughs> true. So our to-do list, great, a awesome product work on your company culture and just get started. I think, I think that's what we have to do this afternoon, Jeff. <laughs> we have our to-do list. Now I have to okay. find a moderator. So go ahead. I, oh, oh yeah. Fine. I'm your moderator. Sabrina's our moderator. She's going right. to throw down in, the, in those comments, right? Anyone speaks to Jeff, <laughs> she's, she's there. Like, don't you talk about my Jeff that way. Um, me on the other hand, I'll throw you right under the bus. That's right. You will. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know 
We've been having such a good time talking about starting this community, get it going. We're super excited. Jeff wanted me to ask you, when is it a good time to shut down the community? Like, when do you know that it's reached its natural end and it's time to leave? And I've heard some crazy stories. Like, I think it was like the New York Times had this food community. I think it had like, what, 77,000 people in it. And they just walked away because it got so It was hard to manage. Insane. They just gave, it, yeah, it gave got up. so insane, right? Was that, was that, so when do you know is the right time to just shut things down before they go insane? That's a good question. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I like insane. So I would love my community to be 77,000 people. <laughs> okay, I, don't, I, I mean, again, I guess a lot of it has to do with the people running the community, right? Like, I don't, I pray, knock on wood, that's his actual wood now. I, I pray that that doesn't happen. Like, I really, that would be so hard. I, I, I don't think I could walk away from my community now because I've built family in my community. See, that's that's impressive. on both sides, yeah. even on Ecamm community and well, first of all, LGO community, Ecamm community has a lot of crossover. Like pretty yeah. much everybody except for like five people are primary e-cameras in in our community. So I'm about to kick Patty out the group. No, that's <laughs> I'll, I'll let him know. Yeah. I'll let him know. Hey, those don't tell of you him that I don't know. Just, so, I'll, let him, I'll let him know today at work. <laughs> so we are we're kind of at the out, <laughs> we, we're kind of at the end of our time. But I wanted to give a, a shout. Well, first of all, um, I want to give a shout out to a couple people. Sabrina said um, I followed Grace and Jeff moved to a new house when we moved our show. Thank you, Sabrina, for that. And somebody Facebook said uh, your way of helping us is why I continue to follow you. Where you go talk, I will follow. Thank you. There's an LOL at the end, so I'm hopefully they're, they're being serious. But um, thank you so much for that. that. Yeah, that was Grace that she was being incognito. Uh, but Doc, so you, we've talked about community, talked about your community. Where can people find this community uh, that you speak if they want to join? And what's your community about if it would interest them? you know, to join the, the doc rock community and the Ecamm stuff. Okay. So Ecamm community is simple where you just go to Ecamm uh, network on Facebook and you can find our, we have about eight different communities that we do from lawyers to teachers. We have the master group, the beta group, music mm -hmm. group, like all of the above. Then my let's get live community is on Facebook is LGL HQ, but you can just get to it by doing docrock.live slash group. And you'll get those questions Grace talked about and you just fill them out and they're not super difficult. And then you're in and our family will welcome you, give you the honey, honey. Mitch will explain that and then <laughs> you're part you're part of the family. And it's yeah, it's is what it is. We, we have a blast. We oh, my goodness. My group is hilarious. They crack me up. They are my entertainment, which is why I don't have to watch TV anymore. I don't even have to spend money on comedy shows, which is one of my favorite. <laughs> I got comedians in my group. Margo will crack the jokes for me. So we're good. Like it's it's just incredible place. I am so happy that Diana snitched on me because <laughs> I would never let her live that down. But yes, it, it is a wonderful, wonderful place. So yes. So you got a lot of people chiming in. You know, uh Mitch says uh awesome show. Thanks. Uh and uh 
Docs Group is the best. So make sure you guys go check it out. And do not forget about the amazing uh, Leap Into Live that is coming up really quickly, September 13th through 16th. You can find out more at leapintolive.com. Doc's going to be there. I'm going to be there. So many great people are going to be there. Make sure you go sign up to that free boot camp. You will learn a ton. And by the way, before I want to give Grace a chance, but we're going to play a little video at the end here. And you'll even notice Doc Rock, He, you didn't know it, but he's got a great voiceover voice and he's on this video. We'll play in just a second. But Grace, I want to give you a chance to let everybody know where you can be found and all the stuff you got going on. Well, we have our own Restream community. It's also on Facebook. Just look up restream.community. It's a great place for people that are looking to get started in live video as well. And then you can also find uh, all of our content on the Restream YouTube channel. We stream daily, uh, everything from how to be confident on camera to how to start a podcast with your live show to how to use this for your business. So check us out over on YouTube. And with that, thank you guys so much. You guys are amazing. He says 11 years of radio voice. You can tell. So stick around for this commercial, uh, this little promo for the Leap into Live Boot Camp. But thank you guys so much. We could not do with this without you. Uh, we would love for you guys to share this. Contact me if you guys need anything. Feel free to text me at 903-287-9088 and get on the calendar. No spam. It's just a reminder of the live shows. It's 903-287-9088. And with that, we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Social Media News Live.